0: Well, hopefully you're um, comfortable, not that it's going to be a long day or anything, I don't think, but um, I was trying to think during the week, I was halfway through a story a week or two ago and I didn't actually get to the part that I was meant to say uh, and about three days later I thought, hang on, I, I didn't actually even get to that. Um, but if anyone can remind me what that was, then I'm um, happy to complete it. But it's very easy to just sort of dart and get off track up here, you know. So anyway, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was something good. <laughs> so I just sort of believe it, it was good. Anyway. So today I, I've I've called this timing is everything. And um it's um it's just one of those things that this week as I was preparing, and I haven't got a lot of notes, I haven't got a lot of, um, a whole lot of, um, you know, paragraphs. Sometimes I'll write paragraphs just to give myself prompts or whatever it might be. I, I didn't really get a lot of that this week, but what I've got a lot of is about 12 to 15 quick verses to back up what I'm going to try and say about timing. And um, most of us will know, Can think of times when we've got the timing really wrong, and then other times when we've got the timing really right. And so, um, I want to start by—I'll start by reading in uh, one John chapter five verse fourteen. It says, "This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask." We know that we have what we have asked of him. And this might seem like a little bit of a random verse because it's more about asking God for something, but the, the key about timing is timing can be our enemy or it can be our best friend. And depending on how we operate in rightly with the timing of God in our lives will depend greatly on the fruit that we see. In the sense of if we get the timing really just a little bit wrong, even on the right circumstance or the right event or the right thing. But if we get the timing wrong, most of us will know the whole thing can go pear-shaped. And um, I remember reading a, uh, it's like a business book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. And one of the principles in that book is make sure you have the, the right person, on the right bus, but not just on the right bus, but actually on the right seat on the right bus. And it, so it's like drilling down into the specifics of making sure you actually have, and if I look at this in the area of timing, we've got to have the right thing, Have ha, hear God's heart on it. And that's why I open up with 1 John chapter 5 is, is about hearing his heart on something. Then once we got that, we might have the right thing, and then we find out the right timing and the right application. And uh, I remember years and years, I hope I can finish this one, but I remember years ago, uh, like 15 years ago, Steve Witt came here, and he taught on the prophetic, and he taught about how so many of us, we might get uh, the, the revelation, but the interesting part is then getting the interpretation, and how important it is to get the right interpretation from our revelation. And, and I think this is where timing is critical. Because so many of us, me included, I mean, there's been many times that I get an urge on something. And it might be really, really the right thing. But then in, in that urgency and that passion, we well up in it and then we step out. And the thing was actually really right. We might have even had someone confirm it to us. But the time was off, might have been a little early or a little late. Normally, we're a little early because we tend to rush things a little bit if it's our desires as well. So we push a little bit too hard and we maybe we abort it or maybe it doesn't quite turn out right because the timing wasn't quite right. And so the key that I want to bring out today that I've learnt in this area of timing being so critical is working with the will of God. And it probably actually wraps up something that I've been exploring with us even for months now, is this issue of the sovereignty of God on one hand and man's responsibility on the other hand. And there are camps that believe purely in the sovereignty of God and that God will do what he wants to do in his time and he's going to ordain everything. He's predestined everyone and everything anyway. So there's, there's that train of thought. And then there's man's responsibility whereby we bring about the kingdom and we can do this and we need to get out there and do the work of the kingdom. And as I said some weeks ago or months ago, which one of them is right? Both of them are right. And so in this area of timing, it's about those two realms colliding here in our lives, in our hearts, and saying, wow, the key to timing is knowing we're in his will. And so this is why 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is actually a verse that, um, it's one of those that floats around in my head all the time because we ask for things all the time, don't we? And so I'm aware of, I've grown up in church. I'm aware of that when I pray in accordance with his will, it's going to be a righteous prayer. And if most of us were to say, you know, I actually want to pray in a righteous way, I want to pray in the way God would have me, well, then we need to just pray in accordance with his will, not with our will. Now, sometimes his will will cross over into our will and then he will give us the desires of our heart because it's actually his heart. But let me read this again, chapter 14 of 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That is a big statement, isn't it? Most of us will know we've been disappointed because we've asked many, many things and we've actually laid them before the Lord and said, well, you called me to this anyway. You want, you want this anyway. You want redemption. You want people to get saved. You want this. So why isn't it coming about? And then disappointment creeps in and then we begin to question the will of God. Or maybe we begin to question um, what his motives are or his thoughts in a certain thing. But when we look at this, all we have to do is come before him in, in all our weakness and with our sin and with all of our shallowness and unrighteousness. We come before him and we say, Lord, I want to pray in your will. I want to pray in accordance with your will. So whatever the situation might be, a work situation, a relational situation, a, you know, a family situation or you know, whatever it might be, Lord, what is your will on this situation? And then we pray in accordance with that, and we're going to see it come about. We can actually stand on his word. We can actually even hold him to this and say, Lord, 1 John chapter 5 says that if I ask anything according to your will, I've heard your voice, I've had it confirmed, I know this lines up with your word, then you hear me. And we can be assured, it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for him. An interesting thing about healing is um, there's a great book that we've read years ago, but every now and then we just pull it out if we need a, uh, a little step. And a lot of you would have read it. And uh, it's not it's going to, oh, gee, is F.F. F. Bosworth, Karen, F.F. F. Bosworth. Yes, healing. Somewhere, if Ryan were here, he'd shoot, shoot it at me. Christ the Healer. Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth. A incredible man used by God in the healing revivals mid-last century and one of the unique gifts he had was actually articulating the gift of healing. A lot of the guys had the anointing and prayed for people and saw dramatic, dramatic miracles. F.F. F. Bosworth did the same but he was really, really good at teaching faith. If you need a lift in faith in healing, grab that book. It's still around. It's still in print, I think. But... It's, it's one of those books that actually teaches on healing that if we ask in accordance with his will, we need to then receive it as if it's done. Now, this completely goes against our brain. It completely goes against doctors. It completely goes against what may be going on around us. But the seed of faith is critical to the timing. It's critical. Now, we might say, well... Okay, well then we want to see the healing to come about, you know, immediately we want to start seeing. Well, we may be putting our timing on it. God may take a little bit of time and he may train us and bring us through things, but we receive the seed of faith. And this is what it's talking about here. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. If it's in accordance with his will. That's the preface I put there because I know there's plenty of things that I ask him for and probably will continue to ask him for. But if they're not in accordance with his will, then they're probably not going to be answered. That's just the bare facts. Of course, he's a good, generous, heavenly father. He gives good gifts to his kids. But then when we get in his... Excuse me, that was a bit of water just repeating on me. When we get in his will... It's amazing the difference. Here's something I've learned about timing. And that is that um, God is really, really patient and we're really, really not. (laughs) I know that's deep, isn't it? (laughs) That's deep. But then, all of a sudden, after years and years of waiting, after you've been through the desert or maybe you're in the middle of it, All of a sudden, he comes. All of a sudden. And it's like, I don't even want it anymore. I've waited so long. I've been through the desert. I I, I mean, seriously, do you know that feeling? Or is that just me? Can you put up your hand if you've felt that feeling before? Awesome. I'm not alone. It's a very human thing to feel. For some reason, God will allow us to pursue him. He'll allow us to pursue Him. He likes to be pursued. It's one thing that I find... I I was thinking about it actually, you know, even recently, you know, this thing we do, this worship we do. We come together on Sunday mornings and we we sing some songs and I was thinking about it. You know, there's, there's really only two ways you can do worship without being a fool. The first way is you can... Is you can uh, hear me out because you'll get me in a minute. The first way is you can ju- not really participate and sort of see it like you would if you were maybe going to a. a I can't say a, a star of anyone because someone will like whoever I name, but um, you know you maybe you go to someone you may not know them too well. You don't know, really know their song, so you just you just participate. Oh, the music's nice, and that's one way to do it. The only other way to take worship is. Intimacy with Him is to. There's no half ground, is there? Because if there's if if we say, "Oh, okay, we just like a nice, um, you know, lively worship time." Well, that's nice, but it's exactly the same as a dead worship time if it doesn't have a connection with the heart of God, isn't it? It's exactly the same. And so, there's only two ways you can take it. It's like C.S. Lewis said that those of us who believe in Jesus and say Jesus is Lord, we're either absolute loonies for following a loony because he must have been loony if he said the things about himself that he did. I am the Son of God. You can only reach the Father in eternity through me. I mean, these things are absolutely crazy unless it was real, unless it's true. And if it's true, then we dive in. And that's why with worship... It's sort of either one or the other, isn't it? It's not entertainment. It's not just nice and lively to sort of please our soul for a little bit. No. It's either we're at a a concert or we're intimacy with him. It's one or the other. And so um, Psalm 145, 19, I want to just sort of stay on this, says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24 says, What the wicked dread will overtake them, what the righteous desire will be granted. You see this, he's really concerned about us being righteous, but then he wants to give us what we desire. What father wants to hold good things from their kids? None of us. What mother wants to you know withhold things from the kids and the, the children and uh, none of us, Matthew seven verse seven says, "Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find knock, and the door will be open to you." John fourteen: thirteen says, "And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the father may be glorified in the Son isn 't that interesting that's saying that somehow through bringing about an answer to your prayer and my prayer, the Son's going to be glorified. I don't know how that's really possible unless we are praying in accordance with His will. We're seeking His will. If we're seeking His will, He's going to answer that prayer. James 4, chapter 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And it goes on further there. One John chapter two, verse twenty eight says, And now dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Now I want to sort of change gears for a little minute. I'll give you two examples of things that I can see in the in, in the Bible of wrong timing and right timing. This is probably easy pickings, but Joseph was a man whom really, really, really potentially got the timing wrong. And then he got it right, and so we can see Joseph here getting revelation from God at an early age with all his older brothers. He has these dreams and dramatic encounters of God where God shows him things which were prophetic and true it wasn't It wasn't strange; they were true, but then he goes out and he, and, and it, it, I, I don't even know whether he rubbed it in their face, but he certainly told them, and as we've learned now that maybe that's not such a good idea if you know that the soil's not going to receive it too well and so he he tells the brothers you're going to bow down to me and this is what this means and of course it's going to stir things up in them and uh, as it would and so the timing but but the circumstances the the revelation the encounter everything was right it's just maybe the timing was a little bit off maybe in his naivety and his passion he, he could have just zipped it or maybe taken it to his father or, or maybe just taken it to the Lord and said, wow, that's going to blow them apart. You're just going to have to let that come about. Now, God used the circumstances. Of course, he used the circumstances for his own good. But getting the timing right, even on something godly, is critical. It's critical to either make it a smooth journey or a very rocky journey. Zacchaeus was another one who I can think of, who really got it right. He seized the day of his visitation. And when Jesus was near, no matter how unrighteous he was, he knew there was sin in his life. He knew he was robbing people. He knew he was selfish. He knew his own heart. But when Jesus came by, he seized the moment. And that was his moment where timing was critical. And he seized it that day and he was saved. And many of us have done the same thing. But you can see it's just a little difference of the heart condition. It's just a little difference of the heart condition. I want to read, and you might want to turn there with me. I'm just thinking, I think it's 1 Corinthians, and I'll find it for you in a minute exactly. 1 Corinthians. I think it's 1 Corinthians 3. Sorry, it's, no, I didn't plan on going to this one, but I think it's it wraps this up really well. I'm sure it was one Corinthians chapter three, but you know it's funny how things can disappear when you're up here. <laughs> I'm going to persist because I want this. I want this passage. <laughs> hmm. I wonder. Look, I can't find it. But I'll give you it in a, in a nutshell because I remember enough of it, I think. Um, actually, it's, it's really talking about salvation, but Paul talking to the, I'm sure it's the Corinthian church, but um, you know, maybe they just change brands or something. I really want to find it. It's kind of annoying me right now. It's the one about building the foundation and that we'll be tested by fire. And that, of what? Of what what chapter? Three. It is, is it? I've got a different, I've got my Sunday Bible here, you see. (laughs) Verse 12. Right. Okay. Good. Good Bible study. Well done. (laughs) All right. Let's go. One Corinthians chapter three verse five. What then is Ap- what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God is causing the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. But each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, for no man can lay a foundation others uh, foundation others other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the, day it will, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. Now, this is a really good passage I could get sidetracked here on the fact that you cannot lose your salvation, but you can lose your reward. I'll just let that sit there and fester with you for a little while. And I didn't tend to think that. But what this is saying, I believe, when we look at our lives, we have such a short time here on earth And when we meet Jesus face to face, he's going to stand to us and what we have built upon the foundation of the cross, upon the foundation of ourselves, everything that we've built, all the little things that we've done in our life are going to be shown and revealed. The searchlight, the truth of Jesus Christ will be shone on it. And the fire of God, because fire is a refiner and a purifier, isn't it? The fire of God will be burned through our work. And what remains, we will be rewarded for. If we've built for ourselves and for selfishness, it doesn't matter what it looks like to everyone else, but if what we have built wasn't actually the kingdom of God, but it was really the kingdom of man, it will be burnt in the fire and we will not get a reward. That's what it's saying right there. We, st- we still get in. We're in. But who of us really just want to sneak in with a, um, you know, you pass, you, you know, get out of jail free card. You know, you get to elect $200 type, monopoly type thing. We want to get in. We want to get a reward. We want to live with him. Banqueting table. We want his glory, his inheritance, everything, don't we? Who doesn't want his inheritance? Of course, there's no one. And so what we're asking him for actually is in accordance with his eternal will. So ultimately, when we're praying in the heart of God, we're praying, Lord, whatever I build on my foundation, let it be of your kingdom, not of mine. Because if of my kingdom, it's just going to be burned up in a few years' time. Who knows, it may be one year away. Who of us would like to think that in one year's time, uh, the judgment day of the Lord, which is going to be a real day in the history of the world, It is a real event that's going to happen and we will be judged and he will will look upon us and he will see this. And this is not something we talk about much these days, do we? Because we talk so much about how to succeed in this life, which is good and we need to succeed in this life and we need to be encouraged in this life. But this life is only an absolute breath of time, isn't it? But eternity is forever. And so when we build for eternity, we build on that foundation, the kingdom of God which is solid, and when his fire burns on it, it's going to remain, and he'll give us reward and inheritance and blessing. And we can sit, you know, and we can talk to the apostles and say, why the heck did you do that? Or how was it, you know, when God parted the Red Sea and we, and we can you know, bask in the full inheritance of the kingdom of God? And yes, I'm spitting a lot right now. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want that, really? And when you think about that, how small are my problems? Doesn't it put things in perspective for you? How small are our issues? Even, even the worst of issues are only for a moment of time. They're only for a moment of time. And then we're going to see him. We're going to live with him. We're going to receive an inheritance. We're going to receive a reward if we've built the kingdom of God. What does that look like? It looks like different things for every one of us. It may be, you know, very small. It may be very simple. It may be very complex, whatever it is. But when we ask for those things that we're asking of the Lord, when we ask in accordance with His will, it's in accordance with His kingdom. So it will look like the kingdom of God. There's so much talked about of the kingdom, which is amazing in this day and age. You know, I don't remember that 25 years ago, so much being such a massive topic, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, that we can even begin thinking that it has to look like a certain thing, and even a meeting has to look a certain way or whatever, but it's not. It's living in accordance with his will. Whatever he says to you, when you're in your personal time with him, what is he saying to you? What is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to lay down? What is he asking you to raise up? What is he asking you to follow? What's he asking you to read in his word or how is he asking you to have time with him or not have time at certain times or how how is he impressing upon you right now and if we listen to him he will speak to us his word will confirm it and then the timing is right timing is everything let's stand i just want to pray for us Why don't you grab hands with the person next to you or around you or above you or whatever? If there's anyone floating around in the room. (laughs) I think Russell would be a floater. If we had that manifestation, I think you would be a floater. I can just see you basking in that, you know. You know, it's scriptural. Jesus ascended right? (laughs) And then he says, you'll do even greater things. So well, Lord, we just thank you today. And we ask for your timing, for your supernatural clock to be made evident to us, even for us as a community, us in this region, Lord, we ask for your heartbeat to be released over this region, that we may hear your voice speaking out over this region, words of love and affirmation. And, and when you say it's time to go, we go. When you say it's time to stay, we stay. When you pour out, we're with you. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because we know that's a prayer that you say for us To say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Now that could be an outpouring. Come quickly. And we pray that. It could be your return. Whatever you choose, Lord. We say come. We say come. Even upon us today. Come. Holy Spirit. Power in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Yeah. If you get hungry right now, you're going to receive. You're going to receive. For some reason, the Holy Spirit loves it when we gather corporately and there's just something in a corporate anointing. Holy Spirit, we ask right now, you just begin to increase the water level. Increase the water level in us. Let Rise up in us. Rise up in us. And Lord, we pray that you would even speak timing words to our spirit. You'd begin to start things in motion. Start things in motion that you've wanted maybe for years and years and years. And Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we give you, we give you permission to come and move on us today as a corporate family. Move Holy Spirit. Move Holy Spirit. Begin to ask Him. Begin to hunger for Him. Just for a few minutes with me. It's not hard. You just open your mouth. You say, Come, Holy Spirit. It doesn't really take a lot of energy. It's really, really simple. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you have, have been, um, yeah, weary of spirit, weary of spirit. And, and even in your mind, there's, there's been cloudiness and, uh, and even just blockage, blockage. Um, and, and so just raise both hands if that's you today. And we just want to release that off you. And, and just pray for a fresh river, a fresh river of his presence. Lord, we ask today for any of those, any of those who have, who have just had restrictions, restrictions and barriers and, uh, and even disappointment. Lord, we pray right now. Lord, we bind those things and we ask that you would break the yoke now and release the anointing. Break the yoke and release your anointing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've got back pain, just put your hand on your back right now, wherever you are. And Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would take hold of that back pain and you would remove it now in Jesus' name and release healing fire right through those backs, right through those backs, In the name of Jesus, strength, alignment, even bones to click into place now in Jesus' name, right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Alignment, 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 alignment. You want to be checking it through the day because some of you, it's just going to bring alignment to your hips and your back as you begin to just go with that. Receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. I'm trying to think of a real technical altar call name to give this. (laughs) But it's, I want Karen to come up with me and we're just going to pray more over you. I know a more altar call is a very, very simplistic altar call, but... Just come if you want more, and we just want to pray over you and ask Holy Spirit to just pour out again, refreshing, healing, life, virtue, whatever it is, and come in faith already receiving, already receiving. If we can have a couple of strong guys just standing behind people, just Get get in close behind them, catch them really strongly so they feel safe and then they can receive everything without any worries. And so, Lord, we ask right now, even right through this room, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill this house with fresh fire and fresh anointing. Fresh fire and fresh anointing. Healing, miracles, refreshing, breakthrough, timing of the Lord, anointing, Callings, destiny moments in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to ask the worship team to come and you guys just worship over us. And um, yeah, we just want to pray over everyone. And uh, yeah, begin receiving right now. His anointing is already flowing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Holy Spirit fire right now right now right now right now i'm sorry catchers. it's just it's a it's a it's a scattergun i'm sorry It's, it's shotgun but you know stay with us right